Pokemon episode six of Legal Fiction. I am your host, Joe, joined by my co-host, Sigma Male Spencer. Yo! How was your past two weeks, Spencer? Yeah, two weeks. Fucking hot. (laughs) Been busy at work and then just inordinately hot uh, outside. It sucks right now. It's truly, it's truly Midwestern summer. Just that, yeah, and recently had a good thunderstorm come through, and I was like, "All right, sweet, it's gonna cool off." Like, nope, no, one of those no. where it's just like, where where God just laughs at you and decides just to let that water cook. Ugh, just brutal. Yeah, it's just June, man. It already sucks. Um, it's it's already like hitting a hundreds and stuff, so that sucks. Yeah. That and uh, just been watching uh, some European soccer and NBA playoffs whenever I get the chance. And uh, it's been quite fulfilling, quite enjoyable, especially fun watching Kevin Durant lose. Like, I always enjoy watching Kevin Durant lose. These are good things. See, I I don't really hate Durant that much because he's like what we would kind of be like online if we were athletes too. Like, just like taking every criticism to heart. And like getting mad, like I'm like that's kind of he kind of is like a, just a Twitter guy who's good at basketball, basically. <laughs> but uh, I do love seeing Kyrie lose because I hate Kyrie Irving. But then again, I am a Celtics fan, so that's probably why. Uh, uh, so one thing about Durant I didn't realize was, uh, you know, apparently he wears shoes a size or two bigger than his foot because he likes the comfort of having looser <laughs> shoes. And uh, instead of making a game-winning three-pointer the other night before overtime against the Bucks, he made a game-tying two-pointer with his toe on the line. And yeah. I just couldn't help but appreciate the just the cosmic stupidity that is Kevin Durant. Sorry, it, it's it's mostly irrational my dislike <laughs> that dude, but uh, yeah. I mean, I I like other guys on that team like i like blake griffin i think he's like an enjoyable person but like kyrie irving is just so insufferable that like he trumps all of them to see him lose Uh, but it is a cool playoffs right now because like i've seen some people be like oh there's no big names left in the playoffs i'm like maybe it's just a changing of the old guard like maybe this is the new nba and honestly i think it's fun to see like the suns and the hawks and like teams that like forever have like been a joke now like being the like conference finals yeah i i'm good for basketball you ask me i i'm just trying to think have the suns ever i don't think the suns have ever won a championship period but, no neither of the hawks the hawks have like historically i think they only have like one and it's back when they played in like st louis um uh, which is so weird because atlanta should be like a really good market to like play basketball and like attract talent they just have never really been that good yeah, I mean, not even Dominique Wilkins could make it happen. Mm-mm. That's tough. Yeah, Atlanta is just kind of weird like that because, like, other than like the Braves having a couple good years, they don't really have a lot of like big sports accomplishments for pro sports to talk about, which is just weird because it's like a really huge ass city. You think people would want to go play there? Well, they've got a successful MLS franchise. So. Ah. Atlanta United or whatever the hell they're called. They just won the title a year or two ago. Always been a big soccer town, Atlanta. That's what people don't realize uh, about the uh, the gem of the South. Yep, over my head. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, speaking of how you're saying it's hot, 
I got to experience what every Midwestern person does in the summer, a little bit of lake time. Uh, went up to the lake with my family uh, and I could feel the left-wing ideology melting off me as I got to go out on a boat. Yep, that, that, that's about right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I find voting patterns tend to change a little bit once <laughs> Aquamarine is engaged. Like, you're not allowed to you're not allowed to advocate for single payer healthcare when you're on a boat. It's just, it's just, I think it's the law. You actually just get tossed out. Uh, yeah. I saw a guy, I, not a guy, but I saw a guy's house last year when we were there and it was like, you know, Trump 2020, but it said, uh, fuck your feelings below it. That sign is now gone. Um, cause he wants people to acknowledge his feelings where he's at right now. Yeah. Poor bastard in a big, cushy, million-dollar home on the lake. <laughs> Must be fucking rough. I mean, I mean, ideally, his kids don't talk to him, but then <laughs> again, they want to be able to have friends over at the lake house. So, I don't know, man. It's a tough fun. Tough fun. Shit. Speaking of getting old, uh, I'm not even 30 yet. And I found out that I have shingles, um, which... <laughs> when i looked it up the common age to get shingles is over 60 so you were always advanced for your age old soul <laughs> old soul life is really uh, kicking me in the dick yeah, shingles is one of those like i mean it sounds bad you're like Ugh. like you don't know what it is but when someone says yeah i got shingles you're like fuck that sounds terrible i'm not sure what it is then i you know googled it and i was just like oh nope Suspicions confirmed that uh, that looks uncomfortable. I'm I'm sorry to hear that. It's just like you go to the doctor and like she was immediately just like, oh yeah, shingles. It's like, oh, do I take anything, put anything on it? She's like, just take some Tylenol. I'm like, so just all right. Uh, feel like I could have just this could have been a call basically. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep, uh, they'll take your copay on that one though, and we'll yeah. be sure to bill your insurer. It's a wonderful <laughs> system we have here. Ah, oh, fuck. Wait, no, I'm not on a boat. No, it's a shitty system. It's a terrible <laughs> system. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, we're oh, back in the city. Gotcha. Well, uh, yeah, well, I gotta say, little jealous haven't made it out to a lake yet, but not jealous of the shingles. So we'll call that a split. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a draw, you know, on the whole. Uh, speaking of some other win-lose decisions moving to legal news we had some of the supreme court decisions come down i think it was last week uh was when most of them were published um the two biggest ones that i saw i mean you may have some different ones was the nestle case where they're like oh yeah slavery happened but sorry uh that's that's basically all we can say so i think it was Nestle was buying raw products, including, you know, cocoa or whatever from places in Africa that were doing forced labor, that were doing human trafficking. Like there's a link. Like still are. It still are. And there's a link between like their, you know, providers, their suppliers and like uh, legitimate slavery and human trafficking. And uh, I guess one could say the knock on Nestle was that, so y'all are, y'all are paying slavers like <laughs> like i mean one could look at it that way i mean and and one would be right uh yeah 
but that one, that one came down in Nestle's favor. Wasn't it a unanimous decision? Like they, they basically, I believe they said that the, the, the plaintiffs for the word in this case, they, they didn't have legal standing to like yeah. make a claim against Nestle. So it's like, yeah, basically saying like slavery could have happened and Nestle could have been on notice and they could be profiting off slavery, but sorry, nothing we can do. Yeah. What was insufferable about that was, you know, it, listeners, uh, some of you may follow law Twitter or appellate law Twitter. Uh, first of all, it may be the most useless portion of Twitter <laughs> altogether. But for those who follow, like, I mean, the guy who defended Nestle on this, Neil Patel, uh, Katyal, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, actually, but sure. he, he's a former Obama administration official, I think. I think he was the solicitor general. Yeah, and, uh, he's like one that like, the liberals will look to him and be like, you know, like, oh my God, like, this is so great. Like, look, we have like <clears throat> one on our side. And it's like, no, he's, he's a, sh- a shit heel, like corporate attorney, like all of them. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, so he doesn't hate gay people. Congrats. Unless he's representing a, a multinational corporation that may have some issues with gay rights, in which case, Hey, I'm just doing my job here. Like, <laughs> Uh, you can't have it both ways, people. But what was frustrating was like, I, I do recall during oral arguments on this one, like the, the actual issue, like this is about, you know, human slavery came up and people were torching Neil Cattell for like defending, taking this position. And then all of the intelligentsia establishment all came out and scolding the unwashed masses on Twitter who had the dare, had the gall to, you know, impugn the, the <laughs> dignity and reputation of this established statesman and solicitor. Uh, like, oh, well, don't you see? He's not for slavery. He's defending his client. Don't you understand? Just following orders. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, by unanimous decision, the U.S. Supreme Court comes back and says, as you rightfully point out, it was a standing ruling. Like, well, there's maybe slavery, but... Uh, you should have been born here or it should have happened here or yeah, we're just we're just steering clear so uh so the u.s supreme court did some slavery i mean wouldn't be their first time i guess yeah yeah right, there we go their other decision though that uh i saw some more press about uh the beer boy himself kavanaugh uh <laughs> came down with actually i mean you know props to him he did uh, I did agree with parts of it. He kind of ripped apart the NCAA about um, like your argument that like, you know, the spirit of amateurism in the NCAA, essentially it was the NCAA case where we don't want to allow payment to players because of the spirit of amateurism and people want to see athletes who aren't paid essentially was the NCAA's argument. And Kavanaugh basically said, if you did this in any other industry, it would be illegal. Um, so I don't understand what the argument is to have it here, which, you know, I guess even a broken clock, like they say, is right once, a, once, twice a day, whatever it is. So got to give it to uh, old Brett. He, he actually had a decent one here. Well, and all of the justices really on this, yeah. like I recall during orals on this, there were just like some fairly pointed questions to, to the NCAA's just shithead lawyer just being like, so wait. You're telling us that people intentionally pay money for a product that solely because they're not paid, right? 
okay. So <laughs> it, it just makes no sense. Uh, so it's nice to see the NCAA finally got a good old slap in the face. Lord knows they were overdue on that. What's really interesting, though, is uh, some of the blowback. You're already starting to see folks uh, moving the goalposts or, you know, retconning their past positions. The uh, Hold on. Let me pull this fella up here. The Notre Dame athletic director, Jack Swarbrick, on the SCOTUS decision from the other day, a lot of that language was deserved. I never understood amateurism as a defense also lamented lack of industry leadership in college sports. I'm sorry. You are the athletic director for a private university called Notre Dame who, quote, I never really understood amateurism as a defense. But th- then what are you doing? Like, How did you get that What are you doing? Like, actually, actually, no. Yeah, we should. Yeah, no, that does, that's bullshit. But then what, are you, what have you been doing? Oh, God. it's gonna take a while for this to actually roll out because there's all sorts of like name and likeness rights are going to be affected some states have already moved forward on like mandating by state legislature hey college athletes are entitled to money for their likeness and rights Uh, they can do commercials they can sign autographs and get paid for them i mean so this has accelerated that and that's a good thing my first and most important question, though, when this decision came down was, you know, I was knee deep in some work at the office and my friends were all chirping about it. And I just texted and asked, cut through the buoy. What does this do or how does this affect my prospects of getting a new copy of NCAA college football, the video game? That will and come back in like 2023, I think was the current plan. I think that's right the now. projection. Yeah. yeah. But uh, whatever, so long, if anything, this helps this along. So I'm fine with it. So let's go, because at the end of the day, uh, I'm really just a consumer who wants to play a college football video game and pretend to be a little coach with a little hat. That's really all I am. Uh, And I want to recruit imaginary 17-year-olds from (laughs) towns that I've never heard of and, you know, sell them on the integrity of my undisclosed favorite college football program yeah i want to do road to glory and make a you know 99 overall running back and like rush for like fifty thousand yards in one year yeah 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 just got to work on that juke it's fine (laughs) straight stretch run you good uh so moving into entertainment news uh big point of contention this last uh two weeks basically is does Batman eat box? Uh, apparently, in the show Harley, which is apparently, so it has more like mature themes and stuff. And in one of the scenes, they were going to show Batman going down on Catwoman. And DC said, no, you can't do that. And they said, so are you saying that Batman doesn't uh, go down? And they're like, no, we're saying that we, we need to sell action figures of batman and it's hard to sell action figures when he's going down on catwoman which i gotta say that's bullshit because there's a lot of people that then would buy those action figures mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. And imagine if you imagine if you got a new model of a batman or bruce wayne with a detachable jaw you know? <laughs> i mean there's real there's real potential there. and two it 
you shouldn't be surprised that Batman doesn't do this. You're telling me a billionaire is self-absorbed and doesn't do anything for his lover in the bedroom? Like, color me shocked. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not Wolverine. <laughs> okay. He's not an everyman. Like, next thing you're going to tell me, Tony, you're surprised Tony Stark is an asshole. Like, that's, yeah. they're billionaires. Yes, they are assholes. Uh, yeah, we're a Spider-Man. You know what? Uh, very tender, very responsive. Maybe not uh, the most imaginative of guys, but he'll go with you. Uh, he's even fine with a little ass play on occasion. You know? uh, and then uh, our boy, Dudes Rock, Zack Snyder, who we've mentioned many times on this pod, chimed in himself, uh, tweeted, just said, canon. And all it was was an image of Batman with his mask on, still going down on Catwoman, which his mask is like the perfect like height <laughs> made for that. But also I saw a lot of people reverse Google image search. This is not an image that exists somewhere else on the internet. This is something that Zack Snyder huh. made or had commissioned himself and put out there. That's awesome. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. I, I've really turned a page on Zack Snyder. I yeah, really love the guy. Now. I, I, I used to be very content in considering him just an idiot and something to blow off man over time uh he's starting to grow on me like ah. but uh yeah so that happened uh and i guess uh we got a new uh fast and furious nine coming out joe not only is it coming out but it's gonna re- be an entry at cons cans cons however you say it the french film festival that like how does that work? How does, how, how does a Vin Diesel vehicle get a release at Cannes or Cannes? Now I'm confused. I used to know what it was. Now I don't. God damn it. I don't understand it. I, I really don't. Um, I don't. I, I, I've checked out on those movies. I haven't seen them since Tokyo Drift, I think was the last one I saw. So there's six now that I haven't seen of F9. Comes whoa, up. Whoa, 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 whoa. So maybe I've missed like the whole artistic intent of it um uh, yeah i would no, go see be... i liked tokyo drift like i'm not saying i didn't like him i just was like another fast and furious i don't need to go see it and now it's just like wow there's been five and i haven't seen them well joe you okay um we're all to be forgiven for being skeptical <laughs> about f9 appearing at con i mean like uh, now I'm imagining an artsy version of Fast and Furious, like black and white, maybe. Uh, well, if you want a artsy version, like, Drive, like that's that's basically the artsy version. In fact, it was marketed basically as a action movie, and then when it came out, all the bros who went to go see it were like, "The oh, fuck, this isn't what I signed up for." Yeah, I recall uh, being impressed watching that the first time now that i think back on it like i have no reason to watch that movie again it's like, it, i i like it but like when you go back and watch nicholas wending reffin's other movies you realize like he just does that for every movie like that is his style gotcha. which is like to, cool back back to the familia of the fast and furious franchise <laughs> all right man okay you don't need to, to watch the ninth one but you really need to catch up <laughs> uh, you were really, as a subscriber to Dudes Rock uh, or Ladies Rock uh, or Ladies is Dudes Anyone too, can be a dude. Rock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you really need to catch up. There, I mean, 
once they bring the rock into the dynamic see yeah i haven't even experienced him but has has lucas black come back has little bow wow come back or is it just bow wow now joe i can't i can't talk about that because (laughs) i just i just can't do that all right because you, you you don't understand there are some weird intersecting chronologies here, and I can't even acknowledge that question. So, Well, speaking of driving, let's get into the plot rundown. I'll, I'll put all uh, next six on my watch list. We'll find some legal aspects, and we'll just do a big, huge episode dump. Um, yeah, but okay. also with driving, uh, the movie that we are talking about this week is... 2002's Changing Lanes. Take this file. Take it over to the courthouse. An ambitious attorney. File the papers and get out. A desperate father. I found a house for Valerie and for the boys. She'll have me back. Show me the house. You're approved. I thought you were going to say no. They had no reason to meet. Till today. You all right? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. You got any serious card? It's only going to take five minutes. Sorry. I gotta go. Well, can I get a lift? I gotta go, man. I'm late. No, man, don't leave me out here like this, Sorry. man. Better luck next time. Hey, you're leaving the scene of an accident. Here to present some papers to the court. What do you got? I made a mistake. Bring me back that file by the end of the day. Hey, guys. Daddy. I'm really late. Mom went in already. This guy hit me on the FDR. He cut me off. You know, if this was my marriage and it was this important to me, I would have been here on time. Next case. It's from the file. He's got the file. How'd it go? I'm really sorry. You're sorry? Wanna go to jail? What? You didn't know who these people were? What do I do? You need that file. I will give you $10,000. You think I want money? What I want is my time back. It's gonna be bad. Who's this guy? He helps out with things that need helping out. You'll get your file back. Mr. Doyle Gibson is now bankrupt. This is a mistake. I need this loan. I need it for my life. It says you're bankrupt. Academy Award nominee Samuel L. Jackson. You have the power to turn this on. You have the power to turn it off. It'll take me half an hour to get to my bank. Now, if my credit's not on by the time I get there, I destroy the file. Academy Award winner, Ben Affleck. I need to turn back on right away. That's a little harder. Please, man, don't tell me that. Everything decent is held together by a covenant. And you and that... What's his name? You broke the contract. Changing Lanes. stars uh ben affleck and samuel jackson actually stars um a lot of people when i was watching this movie i was like oh shit oh god that person Mm -hmm. that guy that girl like there's a lot of good things a lot of recognizable and very good uh performers in this just to name a few uh sydney pollock is in this william hurt is in it for like five minutes uh Uh amanda pete shows up halfway through it uh from stepdads uh, yeah, Richard Jenkins. Yep. Yeah, that's and then it. that's it. Tony Collette. Was, that's the biggest one. Tony fucking Collette didn't even know she was going to be in this, and then she just shows up. Uh, also, there's there's some other guy. I forget his. I'm forgetting his name now. And I looked at it. the other lawyer in the scene. He's another one of those guys 
uh, the lawyer who's representing the foundation, he was another guy. I'm like, I know him from somewhere. Uh, okay. don't, don't remember his actual name. But yeah, so Changing Lanes, like I said, it's a, you could kind of call it a legal thriller, but it's more just a straight up thriller and like drama. Uh, but starting up the movie, we're introduced to both Ben Affleck, Samuel Jackson from two different very sides of life. Ben Affleck is a hot to trot Wall Street attorney. Uh, he's speaking at some like very hoity-toity uh, foundation concert. He's talking to all these children that the foundation benefits. And then at the same time, Samuel Jackson, uh, we learn he's like an insurance salesman, I think, is it? Yeah. And he's a very he's like, agent. yeah, he's a very like personable guy because he's like talking with them on the phone and he's, they're trying to show you he's a good person because he's not overselling. He's being like, you just need this coverage. Like you don't need to pay for the big stuff. Just get like what you need. Uh, he's also going to AA meetings. So you can tell he, he's an alcoholic, but he has since become sober. He's working on it. Um, William Hurt, who we see for just a little bit, is his sponsor, which like William Hurt yeah. just has this like perfect career of like, everyone knows who I am, but some movies, I'm just going to show up for like five minutes. Like he was in A History of Violence and he got nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And I think he was in the movie for like 15 minutes. Meanwhile, he also anchored the late 90s or early aughts reboot of Lost in Space. And he was <laughs> like the dad. And you're like, what the fuck is Will Hurt doing here? <laughs> like, what? what the, the, the guy who came out as this young, sexy, like uber talented, but tortured actor. And now he's just doing a kid's movie with Matt LeBlanc. Like, this kind of does it, what it, he wants. His, his career is confusing. It, uh, but yeah, like more power to you, King. So, yeah, he um, he then uh, so they're they're both having their own sort of big cases coming up. For Samuel Jackson, it's he's divorced or separated from his wife. He has two sons. Uh, one of the sons is uh, one of the security guards slash roadies from School of Rock. Um, but he oh, is good pull. Yeah, he. Uh, he is trying to buy a house or an apartment in New York so that he can have a place where the whole family can live. He's actually not even going to live there. He's going to like have his wife and kids live there because he wants to work out custody on the opposite end. Um, so that's a very personal side, but on the opposite end, we have what a typical you'd see like a scummy corporate lawyer is he's trying to file certain power of appointment papers in an estate case because the foundation that he was speaking at the foundation had since passed and they're the law firm that uh ben affleck works for is trying to argue that this foundation had signed over all power to the law firm to direct how the foundation spends its funds and pays out salaries and all those sorts of things uh the foundation I mean, daughter story... hates him for this Long story short, uh, hey, we represent a wealthy motherfucker who built a foundation, poured a bunch of money into it. Hey, this wealthy motherfucker is about to die. He decided to give us control of the foundation instead of, you know, the board that had run it. Uh, we're just yeah. turning everything over to my trusted law firm. And Ben Affleck is the tip of the spear. Yes, yes. So uh, they're both driving to court uh, in New York. Uh, which is just, uh, that's got to suck. Um, 
and on the FDR from what I understand yeah which I always I kind of wonder when I was watching it I'm like where is Ben Affleck coming from because he works downtown he probably lives downtown like why did one does he have a car and why is he driving into downtown New York yeah Uh, shit he ought to just have a driver yeah I mean like with, with the way these guys work but uh so he's distracted um he slams into uh samuel jackson makes samuel jackson hit a bunch of those like water uh drums that like stop cars from hitting the barrier those never impact the way you expect them to you know <laughs> like they just don't it's just it's always a letdown but it's yeah. also in a way that like no that really fucked up your car too yeah it's like <laughs> you're you're safe but your car no Not you. I have to do this right, you know what I mean? Yes, I think so. I do. Yes, Please. hold on a second. In all my actions. Yeah. Hold on, hold on for one second, okay? What do you want me to do? Uh, call the court and tell them that I'm on my way, all right? Okay. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on the steps. Okay, thank you. It's only going to take five minutes. All right, but I got to be somewhere like five you minutes. You know, you like, really oh, should keep your, 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 your card and your glove compartment, not your briefcase. That's not what I'm looking for. Come on. Thank you. Very nice. Okay. Listen, I'll tell you what. I'm going to write you a blank check. And uh, you just got to get your car no, fixed. No, Goodbye, lunch. No, no, no. no, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't want to check, man. Don't worry about it. I want to do this right. Come on. Well, look, I got to be someplace go. else, too. But it's important to me that we do this right. It should be important to you, too. That's it. I'm sorry. I got to go. You're sorry what? I got to go, man. I'm late. I have to go. I got to go somewhere, too, man. I'm trying to get a milk. I'm sorry. Where are you going, man? Come on, man. Don't leave me out here like this, man. Better luck next time. So and that's a, that's what it is with Samuel Jackson. He's driving an old beater, won't run. Uh, since Ben Affleck is late, he gets out. And he's like, uh, he's like, okay, um, let's do this real quick. And Samuel Jackson's like, give me your insurance information. And he's like, how about I just, I'll give you a blank check, whatever you want. And like Samuel Jackson, since he's on kind of this like redemption AA, he's like, I want to do this the right way. Like, let's get insurance, let's get everything done. And Ben Affleck is just, you know, he doesn't care at all. So he's just like, sorry, can't help you. And he's like, better luck next time, leaves without him. Doesn't give him a ride when Samuel Jackson asks, just speeds off to court. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then gets there in time to get to his court appointment. But while he's arguing that he's like, I have everything in order. I have this document, this document, and the power of appointment. He doesn't have it because that's the folder that he took out of his briefcase to write the blank check on, left it with Samuel Jackson. So he makes like a... He says I was in an accident, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, of course I got his number. I'll call him and get it." But he obviously yep. didn't, so he just lies to the judge. 
Uh, yeah, he, he just keeps doubling down on the deceits. And yeah. it's just sort of cringy. You're like, uh, bro, just stop. <laughs> like, yes. Um, quit continuing to dig yourself into a web that a, a judge, uh, you can lie to your, you can lie to your friends. You can lie to your parents. You can even lie to your boss. Like, don't lie to a court. Cause yeah, lie on the like record. <laughs> yeah. They don't like that. Uh, Sam Jackson is sprinting and it's raining, everything. He gets there, he's late. Uh, because he's late, the judge has ruled against him and just like straight up just given sole custody to the mom, doesn't want to hear anything, Sam Jackson. Which I was like, I get it, it's for the plot. It seemed, I was like, okay, that judge is like unnecessarily mean here. Yeah, that's like, a horseshit judge. But. I was like, the parties could very easily like, work something out like he's there he's got all his stuff just reschedule for a later date or go to mediation or something like like it was on it was like he's being a dick just to be a dick at this point yeah yeah i mean to be fair though i mean i can only imagine the joy of a family lock judge's docket in new york say yeah in new york yeah, he's just like moving them through. They're like, no, nope, you were 20 minutes late. This hearing's over. You defaulted. Uh, we're moving on. It's like, no, but I'm here. I have a legitimate excuse. I have all the materials. She's still here. Let's go. And then, you know, the ex-wife's attorney just like, don't talk to him. Don't speak to him. We're leaving. We're leaving. We got what we wanted, which points to that attorney. Like, just like, uh, got my client the results she wanted. Do not engage. Just move on. Do like, not say anything else. We, we have won. Get out of here. Um, so uh, Ben Affleck figures out that uh, he's, he has figured out by this point that Sam Jackson has his papers. He sees him on the street and he's like, hey, that's not the kind of guy I am. Can I just have the, he's like, you got the file? Can I have it back? Um, and he's like, no, I threw it away. And he tells him how he's a bad person and everything. Um, ben Affleck, he then goes back to the firm and he also just lies to the partners. He's just like, yeah, I filed it. It's all good. Uh, which yep. I'm like, dude, like make something Again, up you yeah you can lie to your bosses but not on the one li- that, like that's a tough one to get around like uh he's also like the he's not partner yet but he's like almost there and so he's the guy who gets to interview all the like potential summer clerks so he interviews uh, one and she's yeah. all like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed like i really want to work on like wrongful convictions and like all this stuff and he's just like yeah his life is bullshit like he just like he just is like completely jaded and like talking trying to talk this law clerk out of it um he then gets a fax that says better luck next time and he realizes he still got the file uh, he realizes that he's also is going to um blackmail him uh he has at this point been getting um advice from tony collette who we also have been inferred and pretty much figured out by this point that they have had an affair together yeah Yeah, they got Uh, that energy yeah yeah. well they like mentioned like he's like what about if we just run away together uh and then even at one point when sam jackson is uh talking to ben from across the street like on a phone he's like you know who's that girlfriend of yours uh which they she's an attorney as well they don't really spell that out until ben just says she's also an attorney um Apparently, she's not like a partner track attorney because she's like, I could just walk away from this firm if I wanted to. Um, but she's not really a good person either because she's just like saying how like, you know, you could do anything you want to ruin this guy's life, including 
setting Ben Affleck up with this hacker, which is a very like early 2000s hacker who just like types really hard and figures everything out about someone. Yeah, apparently hacking in the 90s and early aughts was just a a matter of do you want it enough? Uh, (laughs) It was literally always just like, just like a couple like, I'm in. Oh, there's his bank information. There's his mother's maiden name. There's all his health records. Like it was just like a couple like hard clicks and you're like, you're in. Uh, and it was always like that, like zeros and ones and a bunch of like, like very like visual gates that you had to pass uh, when normally like hacking is like, how'd you get in? Uh, they had a sticky note with their password <laughs> on the desk. I just typed it in and I got everything. So yeah, Joe, are you saying I should change my uh, security <laughs> setup? at the office? <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, the company IT network would like to hear about that. Um, so he, uh, (laughs) yeah, so he goes to this fixer and he's like, I'm not a bad guy. I just, I just want my file back. And he's, and the guy's just like, so giddy. He's like, sure, sure. I can do whatever you want. Um, this guy, the guy who plays the hacker, Dylan Baker, he's also like one of those guys, he's just a face. Like he's been in so much and he's always really good. And he's always like, there's something going on below the surface. Like he's a dark mm-hmm. character every time he's yeah, on the screen. He's, yeah, he's projects chipper and friendly and proper. Uh, <laughs> I liken him to the, uh, you know, he's the father of your kid's friend from the schoolyard. And you, you run into sport events like, oh, hey, Hank, how's it going? Oh, just everything's great. How are you? He just kind of stares at you and you're like, oh, fuck, you, you either have killed someone or will soon. <laughs> Like this, yeah. Is like his character, if you've ever watched or, or if you ever see the movie Trick or Treat, that's essentially what his character is. Like he is the picture perfect dad who has actually a very dark secret. So he hacks into Sam Jackson's everything banking, credit card, all this stuff. And he's like, he can no longer get that loan, just deletes everything. Uh, Sam Jackson finds out about this um, and he's like, you need to get me this back now. He's like, if you want the file, turn my credit back on, uh, which I didn't know you could just turn it off. <laughs> um, but uh, he he tries to, I can't, there's something that he can't turn back on for some reason. Yeah, but there, it, it doesn't make sense, but you just go with it. Like, oh, well, I'm a master hacker, but I can't get this one thing back. yeah so he doesn't get it back on so the loan officer who uh sam jackson has been talking with is like look the computer says you're broke and or you're bankrupt and he's just like what does it say now he picks it up and smashes the computer yeah And, And, and this is a you know a character trait that we pick up and we learn from sam jackson's dealings with his ex wife that you know the reason he's in AA was because he's got an explosive temper. Like he's a very, yes. uh, very much the kind of guy who will not only finish shit but looks for opportunities to start shit. Like he is just a inherently angry man. Yes, because there's some there's I think two or three scenes throughout the movie where he comes very close to drinking again. He'll go back in a bar. He'll like pour a drink. 
or ask for a drink from the bartender, the bartender will pour it and he'll just sit and look at it and then he'll get like a water or a Coke to drink instead. But with the anger, there's like this one point where um, these guys are talking about like classic commercials and Sam Jackson just like brings up, he's like, do you want to hear my idea? You know, I hope you don't mind, but I was intrigued by your conversation. Man. I just thought you were in advertising. So I want to give you my dream version of a Tiger Woods commercial, okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. There's this black guy on a golf course. And all these people are trying to get him to caddy for them, but he's not a caddy. He's just a guy trying to play a round of golf. Then these guys give him a $5 bill and tell him to go to the clubhouse and get him cigarettes and beer. So off he goes, home, to his wife and to their little son, who he teaches to play golf. We see all the other little boys playing hopscotch while little Tiger practices on the putting green. We see all the other kids eating ice cream while Tiger practices hitting long balls in the rain while his father shows him how. And we fade up to Tiger, winning four Grand Slams in a row and becoming the greatest golfer to ever pick up a nine iron. And we end on his father, in the crowd on the sidelines, and Tiger giving him the trophies. All because of a father's determination that no fat white man like your father's probably, would ever send his son to the clubhouse for cigarettes and beer. I'm sorry, what did, what did you say about our fathers? And he basically says how, like, the world is racist against him and uh, how basically these guys' dads were probably racist. And the guys get all pissed and they come out to confront him later and Sam Jackson just beats the shit out of both of them. Yeah, uh, to be fair, judging by that bar and those regulars, I'm like, yeah, those were Staten Island fuckheads. Like, <laughs> do it up, Sam. I mean, these are, these are Giuliani New York Post readers, you know? Like, these are just blowhards. Fuck it. Like, probably were off-duty unlike PD cops. Yes. So at the same time, Ben Affleck is trying to figure out, like, why are we doing something wrong here? Like, he signed over the appointment to us. Like, why is this such a big deal? Um, like, why, why is everyone thinking that I'm doing something evil by just filing these powerful appointments? Which at the same time, so Sidney Pollock and Richard Jenkins are the two part, like, big partners of the firm. And Sidney Pollock is also his father-in-law. Yes. And with this neither of them have allowed Ben Affleck to look at the file that he's been working on. This is in a state case. I'm like, dude, you're sorry. Hey, who the fuck gives a shit about the struggles of your character? Get out of here, you son of a bitch. If you have to go through every fucking garbage bag in this city, you find that goddamn file or you're going to be the disaster of my life. Look, wait a minute. We might get the file back, okay? But if we don't, we have to adopt a, a strong position. I need to see the rest of those files. No, you're not going to see the files. What the hell do you want to see the files? Hey, why not? He's my goddamn client. Hey, don't hey what are you going to do? Give me a lecture on so the law? Why did you send don't me into the court by myself? I'm your son-in-law, hey, for Christ's sake. Like hey, hey, Steve, calm down. But Steve, what do you do? There's a way out of this. 
a way out by, by letting him bring the files into court? Jim, calm down and stay with me here. Okay. Now, we had a signed document, right? Didn't we? Yes. Okay. Now, the power of appointment is eight pages. The living will, which also has his signature, is ten. So we can reformat the power of appointment and, using the signature page from the living will, attach it to the new printout of the power of appointment. And encode the header to match the document. What do you think? Will it pass? Yeah, Steve, this I could work. Ask you. I didn't ask you, all right? <laughs> Gavin, will it pass? We forge it and just forge no. it. Hey, 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 you screwed this up. You lost the fucking file. Nobody's asking you to get yourself out of it alone. We're willing to put ourselves on the line for you with this. Making a file is fraud. A new file is fraud. You understand that? Huh? And we're saying that we're going we're gonna to put our own careers on the line for you. That's what it means to be a partner. No, we're, we're not inventing. We're, we're not. We're not inventing. We're just reproducing something that already exists. Look, Gavin, you take this into the court. We can go on with our lives like this never happened. That's a huge red flag. Like, hey, can you work on this case? But you're not allowed to look at some of the stuff on this case. Like, well, yeah. no. <laughs> but this is a this is double secret super attorney privilege. Sorry. <laughs> um, so he does this thing where he like he sets off the fire alarm, he goes in, he steals the firewall, the sprinklers are going off, and everyone's running out. He basically finds out that the firm has been lying and they've been siphoning money off of it. And that's the whole reason they want it signed over is just so that there'll be no more oversight and they can continue to just steal from the foundation for their own benefit. Um, the, uh, uh, he, Ben Affleck then meets with his uh, wife, um, Amanda Pete, who I said just shows Ooh. up halfway through the movie. Yeah, uh, and this is peak Amanda Pete. Like <laughs> this is her in the middle of her dominant run of the late '90s and early aughts. Like she, yeah, yes, she's Amanda and Pete. Everybody, I was I was writing down because she was talking about like you're a good husband and like uh, I knew that my dad was messing around on my mom and even she knew and she's like saying all this stuff and I wrote down in my notes I'm like man she is way too good for Ben. I married a Wall Street lawyer which means I married someone who lives in a world where when a man comes to the edge of things, he has to commit to staying there and living there. Can you live there, Gavin? Can you live there with me? You're not gonna do anything stupid like leaving me. You've had fantasies, I'm sure, so have I, but we're married. I knew about Michelle. I knew when it was happening, and I knew when it was finished. And I know you love me. You do love me, and I love you too. I'm your wife, and I want to stand beside you. page 
from the living will and attach it to the newly formatted copy of the power of appointment. Bring it to the courthouse and then meet me for dinner tonight. We're going out with Karen and Carl. Karen and Carl. <laughs> I forgot about Karen and Carl. And I remembered. We're a team, Gav. We're partners. And then Amanda Peake goes, so you should just lie and forge that file and file it so that we can get all this money and then we'll go to dinner with my parents tonight. And I wrote, cross it out and go, oh wait, no she isn't, no she isn't. <laughs> yeah, no, she gives him this little lecture about you need to have this killer instinct. You need, like, I didn't marry a loser. That's not my interest. Yeah. So you need to step up and be willing to do what's necessary to live on this level, to have that edge, I think she, as, she, as they put it, like to always be pushing the envelope and to always be willing to do the at minimal <laughs> um, uh, gray area-ish uh, missteps. Uh, and yeah, I mean, she just puts it to him like, it, if you love me, you'll be evil. That's pretty yeah. much what her pitch yeah, is. Yeah, she's like, uh, like, look, there's a reason that we are as rich and as powerful as we are. And if you want to be with me, this is what you'll do. Um, which to be fair uh and this is like pre like uh by several years like pre-occupy wall street like a pre-resurgence of like you know mainstreamed popular critiques of capital uh in industry and you know what pretty i mean it, it's a little heavy-handed but at the same time like yeah no she's right like look i could have if i wanted an honest man i could have had my pick of any tenured professor anyway i mean look <laughs> at me like I got to live that life, but no, I wanted real money. <laughs> so, uh, it, Affleck is now driving. He's talking with Sam Jackson. Uh, he's like, look, I will work to get like your loan back on. I'll help you with your house. Uh, Sam Jackson just not having it. So he, he all of a sudden pulls up next to him in the taxi. He holds out his hand. He's like, basically showing, I took the lug nuts off your car. There's a very two, early 2000s car crash where the camera is just very close on Affleck's face and it's shaking a ton and there's a bunch of noise, but like there's no actual like looking at the car crash and that's, that's a very quick scene of it. I'm like, yeah, that's a, they're saving a little money. I get that. Uh, so he crashes his car. He doesn't, shoot, he gets like hurt. Expensive, man. Yeah, shoot. He gets hurt, but not like terribly. I mean, he's more just like shaken. Um, so that now he's, super pissed off so he goes to the uh son's school which he found out through the hacker because he found out everything on his life and he says how he's violent and he's going to kidnap his kids uh this is after sam jackson has just had this like heart to heart with his wife and about how he mm -hmm. wants to like work on the custody and like get this house for them uh and the people are confused they're like but he's such a nice guy what do you mean he was going to kidnap the kids which I was like, yeah, this random guy that you've never met before at the school just comes in and says that Sam Jackson is going to kidnap his kids. And you're just like, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, we'll just take you at your yep. word. Like maybe Sam Jackson has like a history, like you said, of being like angry and violent and the school knows this, but they even say like, he's always such a nice guy. He's at all the recitals. He picks them up. He's here early to pick them up every day. I'm like, so 
why do you just believe Ben Affleck? Is it because he's like a fancy white guy in a suit? Like, I, I didn't get it. Uh, the escalation of their little feud and vendetta, like, it's innovative, but at the same time, like, some of these plot points and their, like, reprisals, I'm like, wait, for fuck's sake, really? Like, I don't know. This That's one of my gripes about this movie is it could have been a little bit smarter. Like, yeah, like it could have made more sense, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah. fuck it, what 2002? 2002. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, I'm gonna give it a little bit of grace. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets arrested. Sam Jackson sprints into the school. He gets arrested. Uh, the mother tells Sam Jackson, like, I'm taking the kids. Like, forget your house. I'm taking the kids. We're moving all the way across the country to Oregon. You're never gonna see him again. Um, ben Affleck is like shaken by that as well. And both men are like, so this kind of spiraled out of control. Um, he then, I believe Sam Jackson gets out and he ends up at his office at Ben Affleck's office. And they talk about how they're basically going to resolve things. There's a nice funny scene um, where, so he was interviewing that first intern and then he goes to leave uh, before the next one. And he, Affleck tells the kid, he's like, just wait here, just sit here. Um, I'll be back and that he comes back it's like you know probably midnight or something because pitch black out kids just still sitting there in the seat and he's like what are you doing here he's like you told me to wait so i'm just sitting there i'm like that is like textbook like i i don't know what to do like i'm a terrified probably like just got done with my first year of law school like i'll just i'll just sit here i don't need to eat i don't need to sleep like i'll just i'll just sit here uh, all right, Joe, hypothetical, hypothetical. I'm going to interrupt there somewhere here. <laughs> you are that kid. You are interviewing after a prestigious year at an Ivy League law school. It's your first big law summer associate gig. You're wanting to climb that fucking ladder. You show up, you know, 7.59 in the morning for interviews and whatnot. And, you know, at 9 a.m., the hotshot lead associate, uh, you know, just like bolts out like, oh, no, something in an emergency but I'll be right back. You stay there. We'll talk. How long do you wait before you say, eh, fuck this. I'm out of here. Uh, no phone. So no, it's, like it's at 8 a.m. You said like I should have read at the beginning of the yeah, day. Yeah, like, like, yeah. Like, let's say you, you, you meet with the guy at like 9 a.m. And, okay. and he says, and then he bolts out to like, I'll be right back. Just stay where you are. How long do you <sighs> sit before you're like, fuck this? Like, I don't know, man. I'm so like embedded with like, the Midwest, I don't want to make everyone angry. Like, I don't want to upset anyone. I'd probably sit there for a good amount of time. I'd probably sit there if it was nine and say someone went before me, they took about a, an hour or so. So at this time, it's 10. He comes running out of 10, says, stay here. I'm probably staying until like mid afternoon, I would say. Like, I'm probably sitting there and like, if he, and like at the same time, I'm assuming like, some sort of like assistant is coming up and being like, they're going to be back. I swear. Like, just, do you need anything? Uh, so if that, if that's happening, then I'm staying even longer. If it's like very clear that no one's even acknowledging me and I'm like, just sitting there in the middle of the office, I'd be like, okay. Um, I'd probably like go out to like some sort of assistant and be like, is he, do you need me to reschedule? Like something like that. But I don't know. How long do you think you'd wait? Uh, you know, you, uh, I think it'd be easier now seeing as how I have a phone in my pocket. So I can just like <laughs> literally like 
tinker around like, what? I was just going to doom scroll on Twitter anyhow. So I can do that here just as well as there. Uh, let me put it this way. When the admin staff are leaving for the day at five o'clock, that yeah. would be my hard cutoff. It's like, yeah, no, fuck yourself. Like I'm leaving. And I expect a gift basket and an apology <laughs> card. From- well, that'd be the whole time. I'd be like sitting there waiting for the interview and I'd be like, they're going to feel bad. So they might give me the job just because of that. Ah, now there, <laughs> now you've gotten to the true heart of your flyover state Midwesternism right there. Like, oh no, I can leverage this passive aggressively. <laughs> like, oh no, it's fine. You know, I just, I. Oh I, gee, no, it, oh, I get it. No. My sister no, no. picked up my mom, so it's all good. Like, <laughs> I just stayed here. Like, you could leverage it and they'd be like, okay, sorry. Uh, but so they, they meet. Sam Jackson finally gives the file back. Ben Affleck says that he'll help him with his legal troubles. Uh, ben Affleck then goes to dinner like he had, Amanda Pete had told him he was going to do tonight with her family. Uh, they're having very rich, waspy um, talk. And Ben Affleck just kind of lays it out like, you're a terrible person. Uh, you've been siphoning off money from the foundation for years. I have it all proof right here. He- there are three of them. They're early Chagall's. I think he painted them when he was visiting there. <laughs> Am I missing something this evening? What is this? This, my dear, this is Simon Dunn's power of appointment. Got it back. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. This is it. It's right here. Please. This yeah, is behind us, isn't it? I was thinking Haven't we about put this behind us? What you said, Come on. I was thinking about what you said to me about the end of the day, about doing more good than harm. That is what you said, isn't it? Don't you fuck with me. I am not fucking with you, sir. Can you imagine how unpleasant it would be if the judge got a hold of this file? That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen, Gavin. Um, I think um, I might order the snapper. I'm going to hold on to this file. I'm going to keep it in a very safe place. But I'm not going to Texas. I'm going to come back into work on Monday. And I'm going to start doing that pro bono work that you recommended that I do. But I'm going to do it from our office. First thing we're going to do is help a man buy a house. Gavin, can we please and not do I think this? I would like to be the one to call me to death. I'm going to tell her that you and Walter... We're going to give back the $3 million you stole from our grandfather's foundation. You were right. I can do this. I found the edge. Can you live there with me? starving he's still not a good person because he just uses it to blackmail them uh and he was like you're gonna do business honestly now and i'm going to represent sam jackson pro bono and it's like one you probably could have represented him pro bono without his approval uh two how are you going to police him doing business honestly from now on like i didn't get that and also like the I was like, you're still not a good person yourself. Like, you, 
You cheated on Amanda <laughs> Pete. Amanda Pete's not a good person either. Uh, are you staying with Amanda Pete? Like that was another thing where I was like, he never really has a sort of like resolution with her. Uh, so I, I didn't really understand that. Uh, he, the last two scenes, uh, Ben Affleck visits Samuel Jackson's wife. He's like, hey, just give me five minutes. Sam Jackson is walking, notices his wife and son across the street. They're smiling at him, signaling some sort of resolution between them. You know, maybe he gets the house and they're all able to live together, which great for him. But again, Ben Affleck is probably still a shitty person, still with like a shitty conniving wife and father-in-law for a shitty law firm uh, that's full of like scumbags. So I was like, there's no real like resolution of like him becoming a better person at the end of this. No, no. If anything, I mean, my takeaway from this like resolution is he's made peace with this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And this is my small win that I'm going to get because so like, yes. Yeah, so he, he gets back the originals uh, of the power of appointment. Uh, from Sam Jackson, but our that he was supposed to have provided the court earlier that day. Uh, one thing we skipped over when talking about is that the partners, his father-in-law and his scummy partner Richard Jenkins, they'd already filed a forged document. Oh yeah, they just like filed the place. forged. They just went ahead and just did it. And said, "Where the fuck were you? We were looking for it, so we just went ahead and fucking did it." And like, so like his leverage is like, "Well, I have the originals here." And the court will find that interesting that this looks different than what you filed and wonder what's up. And that's his leverage, but he doesn't really use it or exercise it to, to, to any true normative good, just, just other than just to leverage his own positioning with his father-in-law and to show Amanda Pete, I've got that fucking edge now. I yeah. live on this edge and she was, I mean, uncomfortable because her dad's super pissed, but I mean, Amanda Pete's into it. She's like, all right, he learned. Like, I mean, she's happy with it. Sidney Pollock is pissed, but he's also impressed. Sidney <laughs> uh, Pollock's wife doesn't matter because she's on all sorts of Valium or whatever. Yeah, uh, she's just like, what's one. going on? Like the whole time yeah, they're arguing. It, and meanwhile, Ben Affleck is just sort of like, yeah, fuck you, mic drop. I'm ordering a steak. I'm starving. <laughs> like, that's okay. the resolution. Yeah, the resolution is because this whole like thing is like, I'm gonna, you're gonna do business honestly from now on. I'm like, bullshit. Like you're just gonna yeah, use that as leverage to get more money with the firm. <laughs> like, so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's the plot to changing lanes. Um, since it is a, a legal movie, there were some legal points. We kind of mentioned most of them throughout the plot. The biggest legal points that I just found was one the. Um, the family court judge at the beginning i didn't like that because i was like he's unnecessarily mean like he, it, it still could have serviced the plot if they would have scheduled something later yeah. and he needed to get all this stuff in order to do it but they just made him like a, a mean judge for no reason that was all part. it didn't really matter to the plot though for me um and the other stuff was just there's this is not this is probably one of the biggest ones i've watched so far that's not about what goes on in the courtroom but about the whole realm of like being an ethical lawyer because no one's yep. not a single lawyer in this movie is ethical no no not at all uh it's it, it's troubling but and that's why actually i think this movie so i was ranting a little bit about amanda pete's little commentary on to live at this level of the upper east side you need to get dirty 
Like, yeah. I mean, like to be treated as like the elite, you need to make elite decisions. Like any nice guy can do the right thing. I need a, I need a, someone who can be a piece of shit. All right. And get away with it more importantly. Yeah. And Sidney Pollack uh, in the same movie, like uh, Amanda Pete's father in this, you know, the, the managing partner of the firm, he gives Ben Affleck a little soliloquy about, you know, when he's first confronted about this is wrong, you guys forged it, what are you doing? And he goes, what the hell do you think we do? How do you think we get here? How do you think we can afford this? Like, and who do you think this, you know, the old decedent, the dead guy behind the foundation, how do you think he got all his yeah. money? Why do you think he did work with us? He wasn't an idiot. He knew what we did and what we're capable of. And he went with that anyhow. And Sidney Pollack then spins it around instead of the, well, yes, I know I'm evil. Ha, 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 ha. He actually kind of humanizes it and just says, look, the way I see it, I maximize the amount of good I can do and offset it with some of the bad that I have to, to be able to do that. And that's how I justify it. And that just completely crystallized uh, most professionals, period. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you have ethical qualms or like political qualms about what you're doing or what system you're a part of here, like it just, that just kind of hit it on the head. It was just sort of like, that is the great uh, you know, compromise. Some people at least tell themselves they're making and it's, and, and since it's Sidney Pollack delivering it, it's, it's almost convincing, you know, like it, it's very good yeah, in the hands of a lesser actor. Like I'd be like, Oh, what an asshole, but it's Sidney Pollack. Like, like give some respect here. Like yeah. that man should only play an attorney or doctor though, by the way, like, like yeah, I, no, I he can't was, imagine him as anything else. Yeah. He was great. I mean, obviously a uh, rest in peace to Sidney Pollack. He was a real one. Oh shit. Oh, you're right. Oh, Man, I didn't even put that together. Oh, well, that's a bummer. Uh, so yeah, that was that was the only legal points. But moving on to yeah, also, I guess uh, another legal. Well, one other legal point, I guess, is like this is clearly 2002 <laughs> because like like oh well, where are your where's your document original documents? Like oh well, I left them. We'll just bring them by by the end of the day. You know, yeah. I'm just like there are areas of the law, like especially estate matters, you know, probate matters, like the original copy of the will, kind of important. Same with the power of appointment. Whereas everything else, like, ah, I just made a copy. It's fine. Here you go. Like, yeah. like, it's fine. It's just, that judge was just very also blase about, like, they showed up, balls to the wall, we're going to have a contentious hearing, and I've got this document. It's going to prove everything. Oh, okay. Well, let me see it by the end of the day. Yeah. So what the hell else are you doing here? I, I, I don't know. Like, that part didn't make sense. Uh, a few other passing thoughts though, Joe, is like, so this movie came out in 2002. It's a New York movie. I didn't do any research on it, but like, I mean, that's a very interesting time for a New York City movie to be coming out. Like post 9-11, like there were no shots of the two towers or anything still in there. If they'd have used that for an establishing shot. They no, they didn't have a lot of cityscape shots really. But which is interesting, but so it's like a post 9-11 movie, technically, even though it does not acknowledge 9-11 at all, which if it's a movie coming out, which makes me believe, like, that's one missed opportunity. Like, the 25th Hour, that's another New York City movie that actually finished up shooting 
shortly before 9-11. Then 9-11 happened and Spike Lee was like, no, we're going to do some reshoots. Like this, if this is a movie about New York, we're going to make it about New York now. We're not going to have a year and a half lag of studio time. But I I find it interesting though, just to look at old New York. And I feel so old saying that 2002 (laughs) is old New York, but like you look at that New York cityscape, like even in the quote unquote nicer neighborhoods, a lot dumpier than what you see now, but also like authentic, like they're real neighborhoods. Like Sam Jackson, an alcoholic insurance salesman is able to close on a house in like Brooklyn. Like, like, I mean, like not happening now, bro. (laughs) That that same like dumpy ass apartment would be like a million dollars. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I hope he, uh, he actualizes that. Uh, Yeah. It's just, it's a different era of New York. It's far less, you know, hipsterfied or yuppified. I mean, like, sure, it's full of yuppies, don't get me wrong, but it's actually like old, real New York, which I don't know. If I had to trace like the death of New York, it'd probably be, I don't know, the release of Interpol's third album. You know, like maybe when MGMD came out, like maybe that's what killed New York. I don't know. Somewhere around there. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but then the next uh, section here with all those thoughts is does it pass the bar? So our scores from zero to 100. Uh, Spencer, I'll start with you. What was your score and does it pass the bar for you? Ah, yeah, this one passes. I'll give it a solid 75. Like, it, I would recommend this movie because, A, the performances and the, the talent alone, like, probably pushes it over 60, but it's shot pretty well. It moves very quickly. Uh, but like we've both pointed out, some of the plot points or, like, the tensions, like, don't make a whole lot of sense. So that keeps it away, and it keeps it especially far from the god tier of legal movies just because the law involved is sort of like, uh, yeah, I guess. Like, I mean, this movie was clearly written with law as like, a, oh, we just need him to be a lawyer. And then yeah, we'll it was like, we just need later. something that he's a hot shot. Exactly. It was, it was, this movie could have been done just the same if it was a fucking, if he was a Wall Street broker. Yeah, if he was an right. investment banker, it would have been exactly the same. Uh, so yeah, for me, I, I came in a little bit lower than you i gave it a 67 uh out of 100 because this is so this is i mean it's not as low as god's not dead too obviously but uh that movie's actually appreciating value It, it it's bar score grows by the month sir you don't realize it but it does i i'm giving i wanted to give it a still like enjoyable score but i didn't want to put it as close to i care a lot and um runaway jury and i don't want to get into the realm where every movie i see has to be compared to another because that's that's just not how you should grade movies and look at it but the whole time i was watching it like you can't like watch a disney movie and then watch a scorsese movie and like put them on the same plane and compare them to each other because they're accomplishing different things. So like every review doesn't need to be weighted against one another for, in, in my opinion. But uh, I had, I, like, I didn't hate this movie, 
but I wasn't like glued to my seat or like, I wasn't like, wow, what a, like, you know, what a cool sequence that was. Like, I was just like, oh, okay. When it was done, I was just like, okay. And I just like turned off my TV and went to bed. Like, it wasn't like anything where I was like, I needed yeah. to like look up the actors or like look up stuff on it. I was just like, okay, that, that was fun. Um, so 67, I thought was fair. Cause like, yeah, passes the bar. You won't have a bad time watching it, but you don't need to like necessarily like stop everything you're doing and go watch it. Like if it's on, if you can find it, yeah, watch it. All right, Joe, you, you, you've sold me now that I've thought on, I might've been overselling it on 75, <laughs> mainly because, uh, it's been a while since I saw it and just wanted to give it the benefit of the doubt. Uh, one thing you raise a good point. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is, I guess to your point, the fact that this 2002 movie, when you recommended we watch, it, I was like, Oh yeah. I remember that movie existing. Like not like I never saw it. No one, I, no one I ever knew like, Oh, you got to see this. Like yeah. no one like ever. It's a, uh, it's a perpetual, like, Oh yeah, I saw that on cable. You know, no, I, it's I a very hungover. like TNT USA yeah. movie. Yeah, I, I, yeah, no, not even TNT. That's a USA <laughs> movie. Yeah, that, for sure. Uh, but it's got its qualities. It's enjoyable. It's fairly well made. It's just uh, one of the movies that, yeah, I don't know. To its credit, Roger Ebert seemed to think it was one of the best movies that came out that year, <laughs> and. I will not abide any Roger Ebert bashing here. <laughs> Dude was an excellent writer. Like, yeah, I don't agree with him on everything, but fucking, like, I mean, if he if he gives you a, a solid endorsement, it's worth a look. So I encourage all of you to give it a try. Yeah, yeah, no, my, my final thoughts um, would be like, like I said, if it's on, watch it. If you can find it somewhere, easily watch it. But don't be expecting like, a jaw-dropping or like earth-shattering performance like this is a movie that you could watch with commercial breaks and be fine yep yep all right so from myself and spencer remember never talk to the cops never go to law school none of this is legal advice fuck yeah